Hey, Dave, if you were a movie character, who would you be? Well, bearing in mind what my favourite whiskey is, there's only, there's only one answer to this. Ein Ron Burbendy. Stay classy, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> Wrong Burbendy. Okay, fine. Be that way. This week on Whiskey and Things, I speak to the Queen of the South Bank, Charlotte Campbell. And we sample Buffalo Trace bourbon and hear tasting notes from our very own six-armed guru, the Whiskey God. Don't forget to get in contact with us on any of our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Whiskey and Things and on Instagram at Whiskey and Things Podcast. That's whiskey without an E. And why don't you give Dave and I a nice juicy five-star review while rating and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform because we really need that dopamine you're listening to the whiskey and things podcast with dave giles and nick kent hello welcome to whiskey and things my name is dave giles and i am still nick kent that's good to know yeah it's good to know yeah welcome to episode seven we're in a whole new month now we're on our third month. We started in March. Now it's May. Amazing. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I've really confused you there. You have I? confused why, me why with the maths. Yeah. Right. When you said third month, I thought you meant we've done three months, but we're not. No. Yeah. We're in our third month. Good Lord. We started know, right? this after the lockdown as well. I know. Crazy. Crazy times. Crazy. So uh, we've got a, f- got a few things to talk about from last week. So we've heard from Corey Ashton, our Australian listener. We may have more, but the one who gets in contact with us. Hello, Corey. Uh, he said there was a great in- interview with Anna Jones, uh, who they obviously don't get on the radio over there. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the review of the Stout Edition was spot on. It's a favourite of his when he needs a quick hit of something chocolatey. Oh. Uh, any more chocolatey and it would grow hairs on your Jats crackers. On your Jats crackers. I don't know if that is that an Australian thing. What is a Jats cracker? Any more chocolatey and it would grow hair on your Jats crackers. Okay, we need uh, we need follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, I think I feel we do. I feel that's like who, a, uh, who wants a hairy cracker? <laughs> that sounds like a bad game from college. But it, it, it really was. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed that interview with Anna. I thought it was, uh, it was really interesting. Dude. Yeah, and I hope other people have enjoyed that as well. And interestingly, Anna got in contact uh, as well. Uh, she got in contact to say that last week's guest was fantastic. Oh really? <laughs> Impartial. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was- <laughs> As always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all good news reporters, yeah. she's very impartial. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the impression of you that you did of her, she thought was mostly accurate. Oh, really? So well done. Yeah. <laughs> well good, done good. indeed. And uh, we also heard from Lauren, uh, who wanted to correct me about Jim Jameson. Okay. Remember I said that Jim Jameson may have been from Spider-Man. Um, it's the newsreader, isn't it? The, the, uh, but, but it's John. It's John J- yeah, <laughs> it's John. there we go. John Jonah Jameson or John J. Jonah that was Jameson. It. I was wondering Junior. what the... It's uh, four J's. I knew it was a Jonah Jameson. I wasn't sure of the other one. Yeah, well, you, so. can't, you just can't catch a break, can you, Dave? I can't. I, yeah. I, I was all over the place. All over the place for that last week. Good Lord. Uh, a mutual friend of ours messaged me earlier. Or like oh, yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah, uh, Liza, singer-songwriter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She uh, gave us a little review. Oh, go on. 
Well, her exact words were, it's nice. So, you know, it's a positive. It's nice. It's nice. Oh, excellent. That's yeah. good. I'll take so that. So thank you for that, I'll take Liza. That. Yeah, thank you, Liza. We'll have to get her on at one point. Yes, definitely. And she lives near you, so once the lockdown stops, when... Are you talking about doing a same room interview, though? <laughs> Look, could you imagine? Could, could you imagine that? Actually doing it in the same room. <laughs> in the flesh. We, I mean, we could do a three-way with her in the flesh. Could you yeah. imagine that? We fear change. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be like that guy from um, Game On who then doesn't want to go outside. You know, the phobia of going outside. I don't, I don't. Do you remember Game On? Saw that. Samantha I don't. Janice? Yeah, I didn't watch T it. T Martin. T Martin. Come over to Kentucky and enjoy some bourbon. This week's whiskey. We are drinking a bourbon this week. We've gone to Kentucky. Kentucky bourbon. And we're going to have some Buffalo Trace. Yes. This is one I drink quite a bit. This is kind of my everyday drinker. If I was Your to daily. drink every day. It's daily. It's bottom shelf daily. It's so very reasonable. You can pick it up for about 23 quid a bottle and it's very pleasant. So I have the, uh, the, the small little bottle, which we got as part of our bourbon tasting set yes. from Master of Malt. Now, Nick, I just want to just want to pull that up last week. You did a lovely little talk about um, about this at the end of last week's podcast about the fact we, we're using these little tasting uh, bottles, which we got from Master of Malt. We weren't paid for that advert. That was not a sponsored <laughs> It wasn't message. sponsored. It no. was, we just really like it. There are other online spirit delivery services available, I'm sure, who may do yeah. the same options, but this suited us. And we're too lazy to look for any more. So yeah, we just went so for this one. It, again, if you want to know the, the, the full sets we got, we've got 15 different whiskeys. This was from the bourbon tasting set. The bourbon tasting set, correct, Dave? <laughs> this is from the bourbon tasting set. I'm Ron, <laughs> Ron Bourbondy, mate. Um, <laughs> staying classy. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I've poured it out into my Glencarin. Nice, nice, nice. Now, this is a bourbon. The rules are bourbons have to be made in America. They have to be 51% corn, and they have to be aged in a new oak barrel. Nick, when you say 51% corn, yeah, what do you mean? Because I can't see any corn in here. Uh, the new make, because you know you've got malted barley makes like single malts from Scotland, etc. Yeah, and you can have a rye. Again, of course, but how, how? what, are they crushed and turned into a liquid, or, or what's... That is actually kind of how it's done with corn. They don't, with um, barley, etc. they germinate it and then add the yeast, etc. to create the alcohol. With the corn, they do actually grind it up and then cook it to kind of make this mash, this beery kind of texture. Then oh. they add the yeast, etc. So the mixture, right. the new make, has to be 51% of that to be Fair called enough. a bourbon. So on the eyes, I think this one's a little bit lighter. Yeah. Uh on the nose, it smells like a bourbon. It reminds me of a swimming pool. Oh, okay. I'm getting some chlorine vibes. Really? Yeah, a little bit chemically on the nose. Did you know, Dave? I don't know what I think that tastes like, but I don't know if I know. Go on. This distillery where Buffalo Trace is made, during Prohibition, they were allowed to still make whiskey um, for medicinal purposes. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was actually classed as medicine back in the a day. Medicine. Yeah, 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 yeah. They make quite a lot of um, bourbons at that distillery. It's a little bit like Middleton 
Um, where Buffalo Trace is made, there's a lot of other bourbons coming out of that distillery. Really? Well, again, I read this in a book. Well, how old is this book? <laughs> not that old. It's called the Bourbon Bible. Really? It, yeah, think, like, I... so I think Four Roses, I'm, again, I'm not, I haven't read it recently, but I'm pretty sure Four Roses is made, or they source some of their whiskey from... They may source. Um, from the Buffalo Trace distillery. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can go with that. I need to do more research. No, no, no. A, I, no, I'm not I'm not saying the Buffalo Trace is not, but other whiskies are, are made there as well, or they source right. the, buff, the stuff from Buffalo Trace. I think it's quite a big manufacturer is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find this interesting. Um, I zoomed in on the uh, Buffalo Trace distillery in Frankfort, Franklin County in Kentucky, and guess what's right next door? Please tell me a KFC. No, it's a Jim's Seafood. I like that you're looking for distilleries on Google Maps. Isolation look, like has got to, to the point where, where where that is now where we're at. No, I look for every single one we look at. I, I want to see what's around it and what the river is and all that kind of stuff. I, lo- I love this whiskey. I drink it a lot. It's very easy it's drinker. Re- it's really smooth. It's really easy to drink. It's a nice beginning guide to bourbon. I think there are other yeah. bourbons with, be- with more flavour than this. Yeah, there are. I'm getting flat Coke vibes again, which would be the caramel, caramelly flavour. Okay. I'm I'm struggling to pick up any different, unique flavours. It just tastes like bourbon to me. <laughs> I think I'd still go with a bullet over this. Yeah. Uh, personal preference. Mm-hmm. But it's not that much more expensive. No, no. Um, but it's good. I like it. Our review is, we like it. Just get the things over with. Hey, Nick, what happened to that Africa video? Um, you know, when you're mixing something and you overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you know, it is what it is. Um, right, so it's coming, is it? It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. Right. It should be out by the time this comes out. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, because I've been excited about this and still haven't seen it. I'm excited about it as well. No, it will come out soon. It just needs to be, needs to be right. But, um, so that's what, that's what you've been up to this week. Is it trying to finish that off or is there other things that have been distracting you? There are things, but I've, I seem to have, um, adopted a fly. This is how exciting my life is at the moment. Um, there's a fly which has taken a liking to me in my flat. Yeah. It won't leave. Um, its favourite thing to do is to um, kind of crawl around my my computer screen while I'm trying to work. It's riveting, Dave. It really is. <laughs> Please like, like subscribe and review us <laughs> for more Mate. fantastic it, content. It's like that episode of, of Breaking Bad where I think there was a writer's strike, so they had to come up with an episode. So they did a whole episode where there was a fly in the lab. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it is so trying annoying. to get rid of it. Right, while we're doing this right now, he's cleaning himself on top of my iPad. <laughs> he's like this, doing this. He's taunting me. And the thing is, the sad thing is, I know which one. It, right, he was on my screen the other day, yeah, yeah. and there was another fly. And I like, I like to move the cursor underneath him. <laughs> Right? So like, you know, you like you would with a laser pointer and a cat. So you're playing, <laughs> you're playing cats. I'm with playing with this f***ing fly. A fly. And I thought, hang on, is the other one going to do this as well? Is it just a fly thing? And I went and did it on the other one and he didn't do it. So it's something about this fly. And I knew it was the same fly. Can you just open your window? He won't fly out. He doesn't want to go out. He likes my warm screen. I'm trying to watch some movie. <laughs> I've named him. What's his name? Marty. What? 
<laughs> oh, it took me a second, but that's amazing. Yeah. And he is Scottish because he seems to like sitting on the old Lagavulin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so we got Ron, Ron Berber, D and Marty the Fly. <laughs> well, it's Scottish, so it's Marty McFly. Love it. Mm. Love anyway, it. Let's, let's move on from that because, good God, we've just lost all our Patreons. Um, what have you been doing this week, Dave? Well, obviously, I've had the fallout of... Uh, my announcement um, of, of my next project and the response has been wonderful, which has been quite overwhelming, to be honest. So uh, I've been mostly spending time packaging uh, things which need send, sending out. Okay. Uh, and finish, finishing off some little bits here and there, which I'd already started. Um, but yeah, not, not that much. But I did manage to have an interview with Charlotte Campbell. Ah, yes. She's awesome. She is. Now, some people may, if you've ever been to London and you've walked down the South Bank by the London Eye, you may see that there's always some buskers out. And someone who's out pretty much five days a week is Charlotte. And she's blonde hair. She sometimes wears a flower crown. Uh, and the most wonderful voice always pulls in a good crowd around her. Uh, and we were introduced. I first found out about her, actually, um, when... The BBC did an article on her because she uploaded a video of her doing an Ed Sheeran cover. Okay. And it got taken down for copyright infringement or whatever. But Ed sent her a message. He must have had an album out and needed to get in the press or something because that's what he does. He sent her a message uh, saying that he really liked it and he was going to get it reinstated. And he did. Fair oh, play to him. Okay, fair play. And it, it made the BBC news. So it must have been a PR stunt from him because that, that seems to be. And a slow way. news day. Yeah, yeah, um, but but that was when I first heard of her. In terms of oh, and I was like oh, that's the girl from the South Bank. Cool, I know I know who she is. And then my friend Lewis, uh, who I met through touring, um, he's a singer songwriter as well, and he also bust down on the South Bank. And then he actually formally introduced me to Charlotte, and that's how we met. And we were planning on doing a tour at the end of this year oh, yeah. together, me and Charlotte. But who knows whether that's going to happen now? But I f- figured it would be interesting to talk to her. Welcome, Charlotte. Thanks very much for for coming on. Hello, thank you for having me. First of all, how would you normally introduce yourself in in this kind of environment? Hello, my name's Charlotte Campbell. I'm a full-time musician and busker from London. That's kind of what I was hoping you were going to say, because then I can now go back into your origin story. Okay. How long have you been busking for? Oh, seven years, I think. Seven or eight years, yeah. Uh, Oh, eight years this year. You are... Pretty much the darling of the South Bank, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? I mean, I don't know if you would call yourself that. I don't think I would, but yeah, that's nice of you to say. Anyone I know who I mention street musicians in, in London will always go, oh, have you seen that girl down the South Bank? She's really good. And I'm like, do you mean Charlotte? She's like, yeah, the one with the blonde hair. I was like, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> so do you ever wonder how many tourist vacation memories you may be included yeah, in? Yeah, I do. It's, it's really lovely, actually. I get some really lovely messages about that and that people say like, oh, you were the soundtrack to our London experience. And I'm like, that's mad because London's massive. Yeah. And there's so many things in London that could have like caught their ear or caught their eye or been part of their memory. But it is sometimes me, which is really nice. <laughs> it's a really lovely thing. But I want I want to go back further than this. You went to the Brit school. I did, yes. Yeah. Good research. Yeah, it's not my first radio. Um, <laughs> what was that like? Because obviously, am I right in saying that Amy Winehouse and Adele came through the Brit school? Yes, yeah. Do you feel pressure when you're at a school that has such high class alumni 
that you're you're supposed to go on and be superstars as well. How does that work? I th- I think to be honest, when I was there, Adele was maybe two years above me. So by the time she was getting really really famous, I'd already left. So in that sense, I didn't feel the pressure while I was at the school. There was an excitement and a kind of prospect that you could do well if you worked hard, but it wasn't. It wasn't like if you go here, you'll be Adele because Adele wasn't Adele when I was at school. You know, she was yeah. she was just someone who was starting to do well and the teachers spoke very fondly of. And Amy Winehouse was like a big deal, but I think she may have dropped out. So I don't think she was like right. one that the Brit School were hugely promoting us to be like. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't feel the pressure when I was there. It just felt like I felt really privileged to have that opportunity and that I knew that I was being taught by great teachers and that there was a lot I was surrounded by a lot of really talented people as well so that was it was very inspiring it was a nurturing place for for like people for artists that wanted to to be something when they were too young to know what something was I think yeah so since school you've been very busy and you've actually released three albums and a compilation album which we'll discuss more about later uh, but your last album was actually in 2017. Yes. Does yeah. that not seem like forever ago now? I know. Yeah. In a way, it feels like yesterday. And in a way, another way, it's like, well, it's 2020 now. So that's definitely <laughs> gone. Time's gone by. But to clarify, it's not that you've not been making new music. You now have a Patreon page where you put up one song every every couple of weeks. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like I'd released I'd released three albums and I'm proud of them. And, and you know, I put well, that was every, put everything into them at the time. But I realised, I think, that in the way that people release music now, people don't really release albums anymore. Like, it's more common that you'd release a single. So I had this kind of idea that I would make my, my new songs more exclusive to my people who follow me and are fans of mine. And then I would sort of pick the songs that they liked the best and maybe release one as a single. But then I never did that because I just enjoyed the process of like writing songs, playing it to people who really wanted to hear it and then not put like progress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I haven't put anything out in a really long time because I've just been like focusing on the people who support me on Patreon and they've been like my listening club. And everyone else I just has heard no new music. So, I, yeah, I'm trying to fix that at the moment and, and get some new music out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I think you're on the same you're from the same um, train of thought that I have always been, which is to shun the industry and do it on my own. Exactly. I've, oh, yeah, definitely. The, the, the most important people in what I do is that the small amount of people that are showing that connection to what I've been doing. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe you feel this as well. I, I like the community side of that as well. Yes. Yeah, I like when I play a gig that people come up to me at the end and I if I can remember their name, that makes me really, I'm really glad of that. Like I wouldn't want to have unfamiliar faces. Like it's I like when I'm sharing my music as well, it's very personal and I, I don't want to share it with strangers. I want to share it with people that I know I've met before, you know? And so I don't know in that sense, I'll never be huge, but I, I'm okay with it. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was definitely a, a nice realization when I, for me, when I was like, actually this not worrying about how big I am is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and embrace it. Yeah, me too. I think we're definitely on the same page in that. Like, yeah, it's really nice. It's a, it's a lovely thing to to make peace with your, like the level of success that you've got and wherever it goes from here is, is a bonus, I think, as well. So you recently, similar to me again, uh, started touring, doing more things within Europe. <clears throat> yes. I find the Germans very, very responsive to music. And I think, I think the other thing is about Germany in particular is they are such good hosts and that they oh. they really make you feel like welcome, you know, and uh, and so I really love that because they 
they, they in the UK obviously you can play to a crowded room and nobody listens and and in Germany that very very rarely happens they they all sit and listen politely and the people who have put you on will make sure you have food and make sure you have somewhere to stay and it's just yeah it's really nice it's really nice so I've yeah. I've, I've really taken to that <laughs> I've got a lot out of it in terms of meeting new people and cultures as well mm, absolutely and my German is I'm uh, good uh, <laughs> learning oh, don't. <laughs> No, because literally this is one of the things, I'm so angry with myself. I've always like, since I first went, I'm like, I'm going to start learning German. I'm going to get good at it. And I'm, I, I'm hopeless. Oh no, I am I'm, hopeless uh, to be fair, but I'm really trying. <laughs> I really am. I like, and they're so sweet about it. Cause like, I'll just say everything wrong, but they'll sort of just go, oh, well, and then just speak back to me in English. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, did <laughs> I did try. There was one phrase that, that Danny, my friend who I toured with once tried to, to learn and he was trying to say it at the start of every every gig because he thought it was a nice introduction and that was you have a nice face i don't know why he thought that was something that he needed to to say a microphone (laughs) to a crowd but that was what and and we got told by someone in bavaria and obviously then no one else in the country knows what we're trying to say because the dialect but do hast and sean gesicht is like it's one phrase which i i i know i know how to say in bavarian You've got a nice face. Well, that's nice. That is a lovely thing to say. But, but yes, it doesn't get you very far when you're trying to order some bread in a shop or something no, like that. But maybe you get it for free. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say it's nice to be here, um, which is a nice thing to say on stage. It's um, ich freue mich hier zu sein. There is no way I'm attempting that. I can also say uh, kann ich streicheln dein Hund, which means can I stroke your dog? Um, but it also, you have to be very careful because st- stroke in German is streicheln, but, stro- but strike is striken. So you have to be really careful because you might just approach someone and say, say can, can I, I hit, hit your dog, please? Hit <laughs> like, your dog. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I tend to just ask in English if I can stroke their dog and they usually say yes. So that was the first part of that interview. We will come back to that later on in the episode. And of course, as always, the full interview, which was about half hour long, uh, will be up on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things with Noe. Yeah, she's awesome. I remember a few years ago, like just laying in the sun on the South Bank, listening to her, you know, and then looking her up afterwards. It was, it was, she's great. She's really good. Yeah, she is really good. Do you know what, Nick? It made me wonder whether we should be putting up a new song a week on Patreon. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work, Dave. <laughs> that does sound like a lot of work, doesn't it? Anyway, no, if you're on our Patreon, no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> but, uh, by all means, come and find us. Hey, y'all, what's bourbon and things? So it turns out, looks like uh, Josh struck a nerve with uh, the Whiskey God last week with a Lakitu. Has there been another spat online? Well, uh, Amar posted a, a wonderful composite of our of Whiskey God's <laughs> f- uh, face on top of Lakitu. Right. He didn't seem very happy about it on Twitter, no. that's for sure. The God was not impressed. Don't anger the God, we told don't you. Don't anger him. We ha- don't, yeah, seriously. The weather's not that great here at the moment, so I have a feeling he's just going to come, come in. Maybe he'll make it better. Maybe because it is nasty outside he'll come in and get rid of the clouds and just you be think a breath would, of fresh air well it would be nice wouldn't it i doubt it very much but um how are we gonna do that oh, is he just gonna turn up i can't be bothered to shout the key to let's just dude <laughs> if you're there just just come do it because we've got things to do yeah yeah hurry up oi oh look there he is greetings right. gentlemen 
Hey, God, uh, are you anything to do with this? There's a, an old Irish whiskey that hasn't been on the shelves for a hundred years. has just come back. They're reopening the distillery. Is that anything to do with you? Pray to this God, and you will be rewarded resplendently. Good word. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done something like that. Yeah. It was a good word, though. Thanks, God. Resplendently. Mm. So, uh, while why you're uh, feeling in fine form with your vocabulary, can we have your tasting notes on your all-round notes for the Buffalo Trace Kentucky Bourbon Straight-Up Whiskey? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Just making it up now. Now? <laughs> Buffalo Trace Tasting Notes On the Eyes a light, friendly amber. On the nose, Buffalo Trace is instantly welcoming. You're hit with corn and wood. Notes of citrus rinds, light caramel, honey, and even a little brown sugar. On the palate, immediately you notice a high level of sweetness you did not expect. This may not be for everyone. You will experience a light dance of the quick citrus notes embraced by grain and oak, coming from the rye and corn in the barrels, respectively, of course. Expect hints of dark fruit, light vanilla bean, to whispers on the finish of, hmm, I don't know, wood. <laughs> said what <laughs> calm down children overall this whiskey is in the tier of what I would call starter bourbons that is not to say it is low quality but only to say that it provides a very simple but pleasant experience what Buffalo Trace lacks in complexity it makes up for in its welcomeness. This bourbon is simple, smooth, and effortless. It may even be too light of a flavor profile for some bourbon drinkers. While a high sweetness is not for everyone, I heavily suggest that a bottle of Buffalo Trace should be at the ready in all bar collections at all times at the very least, to introduce another welcome friend into the world of bourbon. Ta-ta. Simple, smooth, and effortless. Just like me. Mate, I was going to say exactly the same. It, it does sound <laughs> like he was reviewing me. What I lack in complexity, <laughs> I make up for in my welcomeness. <laughs> You're complex, Dave. You have many layers. Like an onion. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that, I think. I enjoyed that. That was a good little uh, taste of notes. Thank you, Whiskey God. I'm pretty sure he did mention chlorine. I heard him say chlorine. Maybe maybe I was mishearing him, but I'm pretty sure he said chlorine when he was on the, on about the, on the nose. Oh, really? Yeah, you should listen back. I'm should we do a callback? Should we do a callback? You're hit with corn. Corn. Now it looks like looks like he didn't say chlorine, mate. Uh, all right. It's a bit embarrassing. 
Um, we'll move but on. I, we'll move on. I can't, can't talk. <laughs> I can't talk. I can't hear. Just getting old. Just mm. getting old. I want to hear the second part of your interview with Charlotte Campbell. Please. Fine. Let's do that. Things. You have the official song of the London Night Tune. Oh, she does. Free the Night. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes. So I'll tell you how. I am a a busker on the underground as well as I play on the South Bank, but I have a license to play on the underground. And when they launched the Night Tube, they sent an email to the buskers on the TFL network saying, would you like to write a song about the Night Tube? And the prize was like a play on like all the, I think it was like all the global radio stations. Yeah. 500 pounds. And, um, and you record the song professionally in the studio. So I entered with my song Free the Night and I was the winner. And then, <laughs> you know, the night tube was about, was really delayed. There was a lot of issues with it. There were a lot of strikes and strike elms. Uh, like there were a lot of problems. And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, um, yeah, so they had to delay the night tube and the funding for the competition was completely pulled. They apologised about it. They said, we're really sorry, but it was funded and now it's not because of the delay. They don't want to be associated with the night tube because it's quite Aww. controversial. So, yeah, unfortunately, we can't offer you the prize, but you did win. So congratulations. I was like, oh, thanks. So my prize offered to me by TFL as a sort of commiseration was um, they let me film a music video on the underground, which is like not, you're not legally allowed to film on the underground. And um, I was the first busker to play on the night tube. And that was, that was it. And I met Sadiq Khan. (laughs) Yeah. Did you even get a certificate? Not nothing, not a plaque, not, yeah. Oh my God. Not even a piece of cardboard that they could have printed something on. I just have their word. I'm an email. I could print it out and put it on my wall. (laughs) Frame it. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about the, uh, the new compilation that came out earlier this year on the South Bank. Uh, I'd like you to talk me through your reasoning behind doing a compilation. And does it just include songs off your first three albums or does it also include these new songs from your Patreon page? No, it's just from my three albums and then one little cheeky EP that I did in in between. So it's got one song from there. And basically the, the thought behind it was I'd really rather have the songs that I most play on the South Bank all on one CD that has almost like the songs that are most like busker popular and the songs that people come up and ask about. It's it's called On the South Bank and there's a song on there called On the South Bank, but it's also like songs from the South Bank, I guess. And yeah, it was kind of more, more an idea that I want, once you do three albums, almost like I worry that my music becomes difficult to find its way into. Like I know if I discover an artist and they've got loads of albums, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. Like where do I even start? It's like almost like a playlist but in the form a of a CD. Guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I guess because I haven't released any new music for a while, before I move on, I think, to the next phase of my music, which I think is slightly moves away from my previous style a little bit, I kind of wanted to have a bit of a closing chapter. Closure. I, yeah. I also like that you've re-recorded some of the songs as well. Yeah. It's not just a playlist because it's actually... All right, well, this song that came out in 2013, I don't sing it like that. My voice is better. Or, exactly, or yeah. I've sung mm. that song so many times, I now change how I inflect that vocal, and I prefer it now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he, here's the new version of it, because this is where it is now. Yeah, This exactly, is where this song yeah. has evolved to. So I feel like we've covered where you've come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about now. Obviously, we're in, this, we're in this lockdown, and as a full-time musician, similar to me, as a performing musician, um, I guess you're out of work. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so what have you been filling your time with or planning to fill your time with? <laughs> well, yeah, so it's been a month, which is mad because I, I think when this started to go into lockdown, I was feeling quite positive. I, I tend to try and, and look on the bright side of life. 
so I, I looked at kind of what was what was this going to mean for me as a as a full time busker and a musician and and what how was I going to make a living and what was I going to do with my time and so I, I decided that all those songs that we talked about earlier that I'd put on Patreon I was going to finally like redraft redemo maybe even record at home and try and plan a, a release. Uh, but I haven't really done that. <laughs> it's been a month. I haven't done that yet. Because um, I've, I've been planning to do it, but I actually got really um, sidetracked with doing some live streaming. So I was thinking one of the ways I could try and keep making my living as a performer was by live streaming my busking. And obviously I'm, I'm busking five days a week usually. And I wanted to keep that for my own stamina and to make sure that I'm like using the muscle of my, my vocal cords. So that's actually taken quite a lot of my time up. I'm quite interactive with the comments. So if people ask me to play songs, I'll play them. And if they don't, if I don't know them, I learn them. So I've been spending my whole time live streaming, planning live streams or learning songs that people have requested for my future live streams. And that's pretty much all I've done. But it's been, I've really enjoyed it. I think I've, I've like, I've extended my repertoire in this time. Uh, this has definitely been a learning curve. What's the main lesson you've learned? Um, that people really do want to watch and that I get, like, I, I knew that I had, followers from all over the world. And we said earlier, yeah, I play in a very touristy place, but I, I'd always thought maybe people wouldn't want to like listen or people wouldn't tune in. But actually I think after this, I will probably live stream more because I hadn't thought about how many people aren't able to come and see me live because they're in Germany or in America or in Brazil. And so actually I, I've realized that my international fan base is, is there and ready and waiting. And I just should be should be performing for them embracing that yeah that's really interesting yeah yeah and then I, I learned a bit about you know about sound and uh you know what the best uh yeah sound things are and, and cameras and like all the technical things that i've always been scared of i've just kind of just dived into and tried to try to explore a little bit more do you like whiskey okay no <laughs> i'm sorry i like <laughs> i don't i don't have to apologize i there's a lot of whiskey in my house i'm locked down with my boyfriend he loves whiskey um he likes lafraig whiskey is that what it's called um lafraig yes yep. it smells really horrible like it smells like it's burnt that's what it, um well yeah lafraig is a very peaty whiskey so it was it was it was smell like burnt earth yeah, it smells really burnt. Yeah, um, and he likes all those ones. Yeah, like uh, like ones that say smoky on them or like smell like death. That's the ones he likes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really a gin fan myself. I like flavored gins. I like. I don't know. They, you're not asking me this, but I'm just going to tell you. I like. Um, <laughs> I really like. Literally, just like Gordon's pink gin. I think it's fabulous. And I also really like Tanqueray. They have an orange flavor gin. It's like Seville orange. It's really nice. What would you have asked me if it, if I if I had been a whiskey fan? What what you drank? Ah, okay, gin. Um, but <laughs> the, yeah, gin, which is which is fine. Something that Nick and I have talked about is uh, there seems to be a gender divide when it comes to whiskey, and we're not sure if it's because of how it's been marketed or not. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know, like, yeah, that that definitely feels like that. I don't know, like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm not allowed to have whiskey. Like, I've, I, yeah, I don't ever feel like it's been something that I've pushed away from i just don't really i like yeah i don't i don't feel excluded from the whiskey community it's just not to my not to my taste I mean, whiskey is a very strong spirit so drinking it straight can be quite intense um i think the gin revolution started with the rise of uh, decent tonic water <laughs> yeah. which then gave way to a load of gin cocktails which have become very popular and i don't think that whiskey's had that moment yet of uh, widespread whiskey cocktails, which have brought people to the market. Well, 
I don't know what I was going to say because I quite like whiskey in a cocktail. Um, is it with ginger beer? Is it what's that called? Yeah, G- ginger ale. Jameson like, and ginger ale is it? That's I'm quite a fan. I don't know of what that. the name is. I think is, it might but... be a Moscow Mule, but I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Like, I like, but I th- I like that. Yeah, I like. I, I'll drink whiskey if it's got ginger something ginger in it. I quite like that combo, but not ginger, not straight, There's... and not when it tastes like de- like smoky death. <laughs> If you if you ever see someone drinking an old fashioned or you see it on a menu, give it a try. Yeah, all right. I would. I'd like. I think whiskey's very classy. I think I'd like to be able to drink whiskey, but maybe maybe one day. <laughs> maybe by the end of lockdown, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the fact you think I'm classy for drinking whiskey. That's how you I'm are, taking yeah. that. Anyway. You're classy <laughs> <first. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So did you look up Moscow Mule, Dave? I did. I did. Yeah, it's uh, It does have ginger, but it's it's a vodka cocktail, not a whiskey cocktail. Do you know what the whiskey and ginger ale cocktail is or ginger beer? Uh, it's called a highball. Or it's called an Irish mule. Oh, okay. Uh, or Irish owl. Okay. So oh, depending on beer or ale. Yeah. And if you um, use Irish whiskey, I'm guessing. Yeah. So there's a... Uh, few variations on that nice 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 um but it's it's funny it's funny that she should have brought up cocktails and gin weirdly because we had a review on uh on itunes well it wasn't a review but on um on apple podcast you can submit a review and then also ask questions and things like that and oh okay. we've, we've had one from slow gin rules believe it or not so kind of appropriate who said are we going to talk more about whiskey cocktails that might be interesting uh but they also like the show so are we going to talk more about, about whiskey cocktails? I think we will get round to it, haven't we? I mean, fortunately, my friend Hannah, uh, Hannah Beasy, who does listen, hi, Hannah, uh, she is a, a cocktail expert. She now works at Brewdog. Is she a mixologist? She is a mixologist. Mm. And also we've got Dan, who could quite easily get involved in that as well. So if anyone does have a favourite whiskey cocktail, please do let us know what it is and how you make it. Because I think we could start introducing that. Now, this is, today's whiskey is a bourbon, right? Yeah. So, And as I, as I said to Charlotte, I love an old-fashioned. Yeah. I was looking up so, some whiskey cocktails, actually. Like ones I've had forgotten, like a mint julep, for example. I've never had a mint julep. What's, I'm it, assuming mint. It's mint, <laughs> bourbon, and sugar syrup. So it's basically sugary whiskey with sugar and ice. Sugary whiskey with sugar? Yeah. Sugar syrup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, ice and mint. Is that similar to an old fashioned then? Um, well, there's no orange, there's no bitters. You don't put the, right. it's not like a lump of sugar. It's like the sugary, syrupy stuff, I think. Some bars uh, make it with the sugary, syrupy stuff just to save time though, because they're lazy. Probably. Probably, but, yeah. Anyway, that was a, that was a really fascinating interview with, with Charlotte. She's, you know, got the, got the song of the London Underground, well, the Night Tube. I was going to ask, I've had. I swear we've actually, we've filmed on the underground before. We must we have. have. You're not allowed to, though. <laughs> you're, you're not, not you're supposed to. to get permission. But I will put that song and a couple of others on our Spotify playlist, ah. which has all the episodes and songs from all of our guests. And if you're interested in finding out more about Charlotte, uh, you can find her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on our Patreon page if you want to join, join and uh, get in her song a week or however often she releases new songs. And it's all the same. C Campbell Music. Campbell C A M P B E L Music. So uh, we'll put links to that as well all over the place. So thanks very much to Charlotte for 
for coming on. Kentucky whiskey. Oh, mate, I'm, I need to shave this beard soon. It's just, it's like, I'm afraid of, like, so I was going to trim the sides. So I've been looking at pictures of Tom Hardy today, right, to see how right, he's do. done it. Yeah. I've been looking through men with style on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Lots of Brad Pitt with beards and seeing, trying to get my beard game right. But I'm afraid if I shave the sides off and just leave the big tash and with a bit of a goatee, I'm going to look like a magician. Does it matter at the moment? Because it's not like you're going anywhere and no one's going to see you. So Which therefore, is why is it not I've a- grown it, yeah. So but- it's a good time to experiment as to whether you should trim the sides. and Because worst case scenario is you then just trim oh, the rest oh, off yeah, and of regrow it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it's, it's getting to the point now where it's getting, it's, I'm getting too obsessed with it. Where you like look in the morning, you're like, oh, does it suit me? Does it not? And you start combing it and all that. And it just, it's taken up too much of my, uh, my head ram. Yeah. Well, I, I'm growing my hair. No, I haven't. I, I'm, I'm trimming my beard, but I haven't trimmed my hair. I'm trying to see. I haven't had my you hair this hippie. long in seven years. It's certainly thinner on the top. But, mm. uh, I just want to, I just want to see if I can get the Bobby Charlton comb over going <laughs> before the end of the lockdown. Oh, wow. So next time I come and visit you, we can go down to Old Trafford and have a photo next of me next <laughs> next to the Robbie Charlton statue and uh, and compare notes because I do have an egg head. I've got the perfect comb over head shape, perfect shape for it. I've not I've not looked to your head that closely in years. You know it's a perfect egg. Anyway, we've got a few shout outs to yeah, uh, to end with. with. Uh, it was not. I mean, that could be that would be like what the things segment will be like when we've got stuff to talk about. Us just having a chat, Nick. That was wonderful. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Anyway, oh, okay. we've got a couple of shout-outs. Uh, one's a question for you. Um, Spice Baggins has got in contact again. Spice Baggins. Who I th- on Twitter, and I think her name is Laura. She hasn't corrected me to say it's not Laura, but I'm pretty sure her name is Laura. Hello, anyway, Laura. She she wants to know if when you and Danny were in Cork, this is now a shout, uh, a callback to episode five, the Cork story. Did Do you know if the name of the pub was the, uh, the Franciscan Wells pub? Do you, do you have any memory of what pub you were in? It was the the photo. Hang on, because we put up a picture. Oh pause, yeah, pause. Okay. Right, in commentary. Nick has just left his seat to find the photos from that night. He is now back at his seat. Show commences. Yeah, I just had to leave my chair for a second because Danny and I did get a picture from that night in a photo booth, and the. On the picture, it says Crane Lane Theatre. And this was right outside the bar we were in. Or one of them, anyway. Right, okay. So if, if the Franciscan Wells pub is by the Crane Lane Theatre, then there's a good chance you were in it. It's a good, very good chance. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we ventured far. <laughs> I, might, nice. I might look on Google and find it. You know, you know how much I love looking up places on Google. Let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll send her a tweet. Um, also, we've heard from... Uh, what, what I like is because obviously the way podcasts are, people people can find it at different times. So although we're doing it weekly, some people are still like catching up uh, and, and are coming to it a little bit later and, and having a full recap. So the founding member of the Nick Kent fan club, uh, which has been running for a few years now, has finally started listening. Established 2016. Go ahead. She is, she, she is a member. <laughs> she's already been paying. This is how much of a keen member she is. She's a member of our Patreon, but she hadn't actually listened to the show <laughs> until this week. So, uh, oh, that's yeah, why she's, she she's okay. She's yeah. catching up. She is catching up, and uh, she said that she has decided that Nick needs to start up a sideline 
in reading bedtime stories. I think they'd go down really well with the uh, the, uh, the the kids. Oh, she's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as she says, oh, and she okay. put kids in inverted commas. Right, uh, right, right. Just just an idea, she says. And you know what? You do love. You know, you're, I know you aspire to be Tom Hardy, and he does all that, doesn't he? He does. Have you, so, you watched those? Yeah, they're brilliant. They are so maybe, brilliant, aren't they? Maybe yeah. Maybe you could just take a take a step out of. Uh, so I'll just put on my Tom Hardy's my soft soothing voice and read some bedtime stories. How's that sound? <laughs> story time with Nick. <laughs> this is story time with Nick Kent. Nick Kent cocktail hour. <laughs> Welcome to cocktails <laughs> by Nick Kent. Oh, that's too much. Are you ready for another cocktail? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Right. Anyway, we've got one more shout out. Uh, and this is a callback to epi- <laughs> this is a callback to episode one. So Emma Wright has been listening from Scotland. Okay. She said she loves the podcast and that she might not be into whiskey too much. But there's enough of the and things that it's still fun. However. Oh, oh, here we go. She's asked us not to call Scots people Scotch. We may have offended some Scottish people by by suggesting that Scotch is a generic term for all things from Scotland. Um, Okay, we'll put that in the, uh, I'll just scribble that down. Hang on. Put Put it in the suggestion box. Right, I'm making a note of that. Okay, okay, that's good. I'll I'll file that somewhere. No, we take everything on board. We take everything on board. We don't want to offend anyone now, do we? No. So uh, thanks to our Scotch listener, Emma, for uh, for sending that in. Yeah, thank you. So what 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 are we going to be drinking next week, Nick? We're going a bit fancier next week. We've had a few um, easier, easy drinkers, some uh, lower shelf whiskeys. Yeah, entry level whiskeys. Yeah, some more lower shelf stuff. So we're going a bit more complex next week. We're going to be tasting the Lagavulin 16 year, David. Very nice. It's one of my favourites. It's one of my favourites as well. It, It is a little bit more expensive. For those of you who like the, it was in the Scotch tasting Yes, the, um, it was the Regions of Scotland. The Regions of Scotland's tasting set from Master of Malt. It's it's one of the five in that. So we, we I've got a little bottle, but you've you've got a nice bottle of this. I've you? got a big bottle, yeah, because I was I was giving it for a present a year ago, and I have half a bottle left because I've you know I save it, nurtured it's it because yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so I'm looking one. looking forward to that. Me too. It is a little bit more expensive. My friend Lucy sent me a sent me a photo because uh, she knows it's one of my favourites uh, yeah. in Waitrose. It's not the most expensive whiskey in Waitrose, but it's the second most yeah, expensive yeah. whiskey in Waitrose. I can imagine. But, but um, it's worth it. And, you know, just save it for a, a special occasion. So uh, join us next week when we talk about Le Gufflin. And we've got, <laughs> we're going to have uh, an interview with someone American. Yes. We're going transatlantic. It's going to be one of two people, depending on on time frames and, and what's but we've got one of two people. It's either going to be an interview from Nick or a three way. Uh but we're going transatlantic next week. We are. We are. We're going yeah, so, we're going to the, the South of America. Not South America. They're not Brazilian. The deep south. Yeah. Ish. That's what that's what well, Alabama, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia. They're definitely yeah. the deep south. Okay. Uh, that's not deep. I'd say well. 
But if they're not deep, what's deep then? There's not only Florida below them. It's Florida, the deep south, and everything else south. We're splitting hairs here, aren't we? Splitting we hairs. Is it, is it spitting hairs or splitting hairs? I'm boring myself. I never to be know. Honest. Huh? Is it spitting hairs or splitting? Splitting. Splitting hairs. Well, now I know. I see. I'm learning learning things all the time. <laughs> That's a fly game. Mate, I'm going to have to. <laughs> you have no idea. He just hit his iPad. <laughs> he's gone to that. He's gone to his oh safe space. Oh my god! He's gone to his oh safe space god. now on top of the iMac. <laughs> Don't you dare! Don't you dare come back over here, Marty. We're gonna have words. What is the lifespan oh of a fly? I've no idea. I mean, how long has he been there now? Four days. Four days. What is he eating? Well, I reckon he's eating my herbs. My herb garden. Tune in next week to find out whether Marty has survived in Nick's flat for a whole week. <laughs> for 10 days. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Hashtag uh, we'll be back. Marty. Oh, for, all right. <laughs> right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of let's here. Go. I'm losing the plot. Go. I'm losing the plot. Let's go. <laughs>